Welcome back to the At The Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Les Lukacs. Excited about today's show. I'm joined by Joey Cohen. Joey, it's been a busy couple of weeks here to kick off 2022. You've been all over the place in Southern California. I'm excited to break things down. How are you holding up? Yeah, I'm doing good, Les. Really excited about, you know, the upcoming season. And, you know, we had our preseason all-state underclass and upper-class, you know, last week, MLK weekend, this week before. So really excited to get started with the high school season coming up. Yeah, the, well, the upper-class and the underclass preseason all-state is the topic of this podcast today. And just for those that don't know, the preseason all-state is our kickoff to every season and we host it generally in southern california and northern california Uh, this year we stuck to socal split it up with an upper class division and an underclass division hosted over at j sarah and you know we had about 120 130 players between the two events and had an opportunity to see a lot of guys joey yeah you know the the priests in all state underclass and upper class was the first event I worked at with PBR back in 2020. And, you know, each of the three years, it's been pretty cool. And, you know, this year to me, it was kind of a story of two different themes where I think you could agree on, on Saturday with the underclass, you know, I was, I was thinking a lot of these 24s, 25s and 26s, even 26s, you know, a lot of these guys will be absolute dudes or guys, whatever, you know, scouting lingo you, you know, tend to prefer. And with the upper class, there was, you know, obviously your established committee guys, but, you know, I think me and you both were talking about how um, there were a lot of 22s there, uncommitted 22s that should, you know, have a college home by now. So really quality talent from both days. Yeah, you know, no fault of those guys' own. Obviously, they've performed both during the high school season and these showcase settings. You know, they're kind of a victim of what's going on. But let's dive into the upper class event first and you know we're a few players that we want to talk about here that were at the event that really showed well and you know some of them we had seen a lot of before uh you know one of them i'd seen only a handful of times and uh you know let's jump right in joey the first guy um you know immediately stands out you know he's in the top three and it's state rankings will burns out of tribuco hills i mean just another fantastic showing by Will. Started off with like a six six seven or uh, sixty, uh, you know, big BP round. What did you see out of Burns that caught your attention? Yeah, I mean, he was. This was the first time I had saw Burns, so it was you know a big overall best one of the best overall workouts on Sunday. You know, barrel filled round of BP. Every ball was hit hard. I think Trackman had him at a hundred percent. You know, hard hit rate. You know, average EV was 97. Had the top, you know, exit below the showcase at you know 101 miles per hour. You know, the swing is really loose and whippy. It's effortless. Generates bat speed without you know having to make you know big moves in his swing. And he looked pretty good at shortstop too. You know, he gets to his spots with ease and some good hands. 85 across the diamond. So, you know, he's really an impressive overall athlete. That you know, he's uncommitted and really shouldn't be uncommitted for much longer. And he's he transferred over to Tribuco Hills, which you know is a team in Division One, and you know with him over there, they should make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that impresses me the most with Burns is, and you touched on it there, is his athleticism, right? I mean, we all know he plays football and he's a quarterback, and you know has the cerebral part down, but it's his ability to get to balls in the hole, like you described. I mean, he made a couple of plays on the backhand where you're just kind of like, dude. I mean, that was a heck of a play. Uh, you know, and then you talked about his his not being committed at this point. I think that's more 
you know, on his own doing based on, you know, some of the college coaches we've talked to and some of the pro scouts we've talked to about Burns. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that I'm really excited to see. I had the opportunity to see him during MLK weekend just a week later. I uh, was facing the West Coast Kings and, you know, smacks a ball uh, into right center field, goes the other way with this pitch on the outer half on an 0-2 count and, you know, drives in a run. And, you know, then he hits a two hopper through the left side for a stand-up double flashing the speed. Um, you know, he's got to be a guy, I got to imagine, Joey, that, you know, with another big spring under his belt is going to have his pick of schools. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, I would even say, you know, after if he has a strong, you know, spring season this year, he, he'll he'll get some pro attention, I think. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely on that sort of radar too. And another guy that's that's really establishing himself uh, as a name that every scout should know. And in in some conversations over MLK with some scouts, and it surprised me, you know, how few of them were were familiar with him. And that's Luke Schur out of Ukaipa. Uh, what did you see out of Luke that caught your attention? Because I know I sure saw a whole lot. Yeah, you know, he's, you know, Cal Poly commit. Um, I think, in my opinion, Burns obviously had a really good BP, but I think Sure had probably the best BP on that, on that Sunday. Um, to start off, you know, the build is a real physical presence, 6'2", 205. You know, really noticeable squared shoulders and strength throughout the build. And the swing is, you know, really high level, high level bat speed, has an uphill path, you know, really displayed some pull side homer pop. I think he blasted about three, four balls out in BP. And, you know, the blast metrics, you know, kind of say the same story. 79 mile, mile per hour average bat speed, 21 G's, you know, rotation, rotational acceleration, which, you know, you talk to the guys over at Blast and that's a really good power profile right there. And, um, you know, he looks the part of a D1 catcher, you know, strong 79 mile per hour arm. And, you know, pop times were, you know, 197 to 202. You know, I'm going to see Kaiba get him out this season, and I'm expecting a big season out of him. Yeah, I think he is a guy that's really going to elevate his stock this spring. I got a video just this morning of him hitting his sixth home run from the fall. And it's, I mean, this pitch couldn't have been, you know, over 63 miles an hour on a breaking ball, and he just hammers this ball to left field. And, the thing that, and I'm glad you touched on it, is the frame. Because the first thing that that I thought is, okay, Luke now looks like a pro baseball player, right? I mean, it's the the squared shoulders, the chiseled frame. Very cerebral kid. We had him at the, our very first future games, or pardon me, the COVID future games. And, you know, he's sitting in the dugout. He's asking all the right questions about not only that game, but the game in general. I was just incredibly impressed with not only his, his athletic ability, but you know, his, his mental preparedness for the game is, is really impressive. And, 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 oh, by the way, he hops on the mound and he's, you know, 90 to 92, which we probably won't see for you, Kaipa, uh, but we certainly will see uh, in the summer. And I mean, that's only going to elevate his stock. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, from everything I just saw on that Sunday, I mean, Big junior season out of him, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Mustangs got a little worried heading into the senior. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think they, they are already kind of pressing that button. And another guy in the upper-class event that uh, I'd only seen once before, and boy, I mean, this dude sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, you see him, you're the frame, you're like, oh my gosh, who's this guy? Uh, you know, you think, okay, big-bodied guy, he's got to be, you know, a corner infielder, maybe a corner outfielder, but Adrian Lopez out of Maranatha showed me some stuff at shortstop 
that indicates he might have an opportunity to stay there. Yeah, I think you touched on it pretty good already. I mean, I usually like to start off with the bat, but I think the story with him was all defensively on that Sunday. I mean, he moved really well for his size, some light and quick feet. He got to his spots, you know, good gloves, soft hands, good good arm across the diamond. And like you said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he was, you know, able to stay at short down the line. You know, they got a good left side of the infield over there at Maranatha with, you know, Angela Allman, who's, you know, good in his own right. Um, but also, you know, with the bat, he put on a display in BP. You know, Trackman had him 91 average with the exit velo, 98 max. You know, he, his swing is really easy. It's, you know, he loads early, creates rhythm. He gets on time easy, gets the bat, the bat, the bat head out there, you know, with some ease, 78 mile per hour average bat speed, you know, which is, you know, really high level if you know about that. And then, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a big standout come this spring. Yeah, man, and he, he hammered some balls during BP that you're just left like, okay, I mean, true backspin on these balls, and I mean, everything was on a line. I don't think he had a, a soft hit ball uh, throughout his round, and, you know, Adrian, a Long Beach State commit, you know, the dirtbags are, are definitely getting a really good one, assuming uh, Lopez makes it to campus, and another guy, uh, you know, uh, that we had seen previously, we had him at the pro case uh, last summer. Uh, out of San Diego, Santa Fe Christian High School, Cooper Witten, the UW commit, came out. I was excited to see him, you know, football guy. So he's kind of just shaking the rust off getting back into baseball. But, you know, he impressed too. Yeah, I mean, I was I was interested to see him on the roster for our, you know, our, our uh, preseason All-State because I'd heard he had a little bit of a collarbone injury during the football season. So I was wondering if he was going to be, you know, at all of what we saw from him at the pro case. But, you know, he showed no lingering ill effects i mean he ran a 6 7 60 you know he has that you know impact college player build you know he has athleticism for days and he put on a whole field's display in bp the swing is simple and compact the barrel takes that direct path towards the baseball and then the outfield he moves really well he looks like he's you know you know he's he's making these online one hop mid-80s throws with ease with you know no effort and you know this spring if he gets you know he he's been Having some decent high school seasons, but hasn't had that monster high school season. But if he does that this spring, he can get some pro attention as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the frame there. I mean, because you can you can easily see that frame playing safety in football, right? I mean, it's what, like 6'3-ish, somewhere in that neighborhood, about about 200 pounds. And yeah, I mean, like you said, he gets moving pretty well, 6'7", uh, 60. Uh, and another guy that moves really well uh, there at the upper class event, you know, another guy that we had at the pro case and a guy we've, we've seen quite a bit going back to last spring at a Redondo, Noah Williams. I mean, I've said it before. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it to you. I've said it to college coaches. I mean, if I have an opportunity to take one more guy in my 2023 class, it's this guy, or pardon me, my 2022 class, it's Noah Williams because he's freakishly athletic. He's still very raw. And, but most importantly, I mean, this guy has got to be one of the top three nicest human beings I ever met. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, um, we've had several looks at him in the past year. I think the first look, I believe you had a, you had of him was at the Boris where, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't really know about him. And then he barreled a ton of baseballs there against some quality pitching. And then I yeah. saw, him, I saw him in the spring as well against, uh, 
Palos Verdes, and he had like a four for four day at the play. And I was like, I called you up after. I was like, last <laughs> week to have him at the pro case. Now the pro case, like we have kind of you know committed guys there. Guys are going to get pro attention this spring, and he's you know he played right with them. Like talent wise, he he stood his ground, and you know I'm a big fan of his. The he's a switch hitter. You know I think the bat probably down the line sticks on the left side. But in, in BP on that Sunday, he had a bomb in his last swing with, you know, as a righty. So I was like, oh, maybe he can stick, you know, with the swing as a right-hander too. <laughs> and, you know, the, the bat speed looks looks like it's ticked up a bit. You know, it's up to 71 miles per hour on the average, you know, via blast motion. And, you know, the balls come off his bat with really good natural carry and backspin, which, you know, leads me to believe that there's more some more power projection in there. And then, like you said, the athleticism kind of, you know, translates to the defensive end as well. You know, the arm strike's there. You know, he'll, he'll be able to make some difficult plays in the outfield. And, you know, like you said, again, the smile and personality, it's, you know, it, it, it lights up a dugout. And he has that raw ability and that high ceiling that will help whatever college program eventually picks him up. Yeah, the thing that really intrigues me about Noah is that he's a natural righty. But when you see him swing lefty, I mean, you almost automatically assume he's a natural lefty, right? It looks like it's a little easier for him from the left side. He's able to produce just a tick more power and a tick more bat speed from the left side. I find that to be really interesting. I don't think I've seen that in a prospect before. Yeah, me neither. And, you know, he's going to hit this year. There's no doubt in my mind. So, like, I'd get on him right away if I was a program before more programs, you know, know about him. Yeah, you know, and Coach Barnhill over Redondo is pretty, pretty eager to get him on the field here and let him show what he can do. And, and another guy, you know, that we've seen quite a few times in game, we've seen him at showcases, we've seen him against really quality pitching, we've seen him against poor pitching, we've seen him, uh, you know, in rain, we've seen him in sunshine, <laughs> we've seen a whole lot of Ryan Shonsby at a Long Beach Poly, Joey, and if there's one word I would use to describe him, it's simply hitter, because all he does is hit. And every single time we watch this guy, all he does is hit the baseball, not only hit the baseball, but hit the baseball really, really hard. Yeah, I mean, to put it simply, he's one of the best power bats left on the, the uncommitted market. I mean, you know, big body, 6'3", you know, 200 pounds. You know, he always puts on a show in BP. It's, and it's not just, you know, that high exit velos, but it's the way the balls come off the bat and the sound of which it comes off the bat, which is just different than any other hitter that we usually have at a showcase. I mean, it's loud. It's that good backspin. It carries. I mean, I think he only had, you know, one homer on Sunday in BP, but every single ball I felt like was at the warning track with good carry. And it's not just a, you know, a big body swing. Like it's a really pretty swing. He loads slow and early and he glides forward and he, he holds that tension in his backside and that, that swing is level through the zone and it, it stays in the zone. And the, yeah, what were you going to say, Les? Uh, yeah, well, the thing that impressed me, sorry to cut you off there, the thing that impresses me just on his round that we saw on Sunday is he really showed like he was making a concerted effort to drive the ball to left center field. Uh, you know, and he, and he was on a few of those hits, but then he started, you know, to show the pull power, right? So it was really a, a high level, uh, you know, BP round in that he started kind of up the middle, left center. And then once he started to settle in, it was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show my pull power now. And everything was to right center, then right field where that homer went out. And it's just that sort of intuition and ability to execute that is pretty telling for a kid who's a, you know, high school senior. 
Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been to enough events to see where kids can get, you know, quite big in their BP rounds and, you know, just want to hit pull side homers. But you're right. I mean, he showed in that in that round where, you know, I'm going to show my, you know, opposite field approach. I can use the whole field. And then, you know, at the end of my round, I'll show, yeah, I can go bang, you know, to the pull side as well. And then, you know, defensively, he, put, he looked pretty good at third base. Um, good glove work, soft hands. I, I think with some added quickness, you know, and athleticism, less athleticism, he'll be able to stay there. But he looks good at first as well. So definitely a corner infield you know, down the line, but it's the bat that's the story. Yeah, I think it all depends on the level he ends up at for college, you know, whether he stays at third or moves over to first, uh, like you said, because you're right. I mean, he can handle third base. We saw it at the state games last year. You know, he played third base the entire event and he more than handled his own there. Uh, So again, I just kind of think it depends on what level school he ends up at. Uh, that will determine ultimately his his position, but I wouldn't shut the door on him playing third base. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Les. Well, Joey, let's shift over to the underclass. The underclass event took place on Saturday again at J. Sarah. Both of the events were there, and, and you know, you and I uh, kind of geek out on the underclass stuff. I mean, I love it, right? Like, I I I just love to know you know those freshmen, those sophomores that that you know are are up and coming and. And we had a handful of those guys there, um, you know, at this particular event. And, you know, a guy that you and I are very familiar with was at the Future Games with us last summer, uh, was at the uh, underclass games down at USD, and then decided to come up to the showcase was, you know, Jack Hafferkamp out of Santa Fe Christian. And, you know, Jack made that adjustment in his swing that we saw at U- from, from the Future Games to USD, made that adjustment and pounded balls at USD and that just continued again during this showcase. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's just one of those kids that after each look has continued to get better and better, which would, which is what you want to see out of, you know, the, the young 24s and 25s, you know, he, he starts off, he runs this, you know, around a six, seven sixty, which shows you right there. You know, he, he has some speed game to his, you know, his skill set. And then in the last two events, like he's really started to lift the ball I mean, the adjustment that he was telling us where he, he's kind of opened up his stance a little bit, which has allowed him to see the ball a little better. And, you know, he gets his barrel out in front now and really starts lifting. And the last swing of his BP round, he sent that ball flying good 30, 40 feet over the fence. And, and you know, it leads me to believe that, you know, he'll hit some homers this year uh, at Santa Fe Christian. And then, you know, the outfield, in the outfield, he looks, you know, the athleticism from the 60-yard dash. Like, he, he gets to his spots, you know, he comes through the ball aggressive, you know, accurate one-hop throws in the mid 80s and i'm excited to see you know where he's going to be by his senior year yeah absolutely he that ball that he hit out i think it landed on the beach volleyball courts there across the street from the baseball field because he absolutely smoked that thing it was pretty darn impressive and, and the thing about jack is uh you know what i at least what i feel is he's already gotten stronger since we saw him last summer right at the at the future games but it, the frame looks like it's getting a little taller while it's getting bigger, which bodes well because he's, what, 6'2", 6'3"-ish, somewhere in that neighborhood. You know, I mean, you could potentially be talking about a, you know, 6'4", 220-pound outfielder by the time it's all said and done in high school or 210, 220-pound high school or outfielder. You know, and if he can maintain that athleticism at that size, I mean, sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he has a good, you know leader over there in Cooper Wynn that I'm sure will put him on a good path, both, you know, baseball wise and, you know, training and physical wise. So, you know, there's a lot to believe that he'll continue to get better from here. 
Yeah, another guy I think that's just going to continue to get better because we're already starting to see the those gains is Nathan Aceves, the right-handed pitcher out of Huntington Beach. I mean, we also had him at the underclass games down at USD where – you know, he was 84, 86 with a hammer. Uh, you know, I think he went one. I think he, I think he went uh, shut out his 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 two innings there. I don't I don't recall him giving up a hit, um, but I think he had a walk or something, so it wasn't perfect two innings. But I mean, this is a guy again, one of those big bodied, long armed guys that Huntington Beach seems to always have on their pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, after his really good performance at the underclass games, I saw him at a winter ball game in December against La Jolla Country Day, where, you know, Huntington Beach was already, hand, you know, handing it to La Jolla Country Day that game, but he came out and he shot for two innings against, you know, they're still a pretty good lineup over there, and he's just been a consistent performer every time we've seen him. I mean, start with the body. It's 6'3", 185, lean and athletic. He moves quick and athletic down the mound with the short arm action, but it's still loose. The fastball's mid-80s right now, but he gets that good extension on it because of his frame, you know, which increases that perceived velocity, and you know, it really gets up on hitters. And then the slider is the pitch where it has really you know, impressed me because he has real advanced feel for that pitch already. I mean, he throws that pitch for a strike, and he can get it over with ease, and he can also run it off the plate for chases as well. And you know, he might not get so many innings at Huntington Beach this year because you know, they have such a loaded squad, but it's a name to not forget about down the line for sure. Yeah, 100%. And another guy, you know, I, and I mentioned this on Coffee and Curveballs with Rody, and I said all the credit goes to you because uh, you identified this guy during the fall and, and, you know, blew me up, said we got to have this guy. And sure enough, he came out and was one of maybe two or three of the most impressive performances, Easton Hawk at a Granada Hills charter. I mean, that guy was lights out in everything he did. Yeah, I mean, I try to make it to some city section games this year because that's where, you know, I got, to, I got to play my high school ball. So I got to make it to Granada Hills, uh, you know, a winter ball Granada Hills game against Thousand Oaks. You know, Thousand Oaks still has a good lineup over there. And he, he pitched two shutout innings against them. That winter ball game was 83 to 85. And um, this past, you know, uh, preseason All-State, he touched 87, which is the highest I've seen him. You know, it's a really clean, whippy arm. And he has that projectable tall build, lean, and he has a good, pretty good-looking breaking ball too. But it's, it's the split change that is really interesting because he really kills some spin on that pitch. I think we had him around 800, 900 RPM on that. So mm-hmm. if he gets some real good feel for that pitch, I mean, he'll dominate city section lineups this year. And then at the plate, I mean, I didn't get to see him, you know, at the plate that much in that winter ball game, but he showed me that he can do that too. I mean, he grabbed a wood bat and just started barreling baseballs with a you know easy, clean swing. And then defensively, I mean, he looked pretty good at short, but I think down the line he'll probably make his way over the third. But, you know, he showed solid actions, good glove, good feet. And, you know, in the city section, he'll go out and dominate for sure. Joey, 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 you're burying the lead, man. I mean, he's the only guy out of 130 or so hitters that we saw that swung wood. Oh, and by the way, he hit three or four of them out with wood. I mean, come on, man. It was something else. I mean, I mean, I know that it was, I think it was like the second swing. I heard the sound. I was like, dude, is he swinging wood? And all you guys looked at me like, yes, <laughs> like what, you know, pay attention sort of deal. I mean, and sure enough, I mean, a few swings later, he starts getting into a rhythm and just cranks two, I think it was two or three balls out in left center field there at Jay Sarah. And 
I mean, dude, that's a body that is going to continue to get better. It's pretty darn athletic right now. We saw him take infield at shortstop. He's probably ultimately a third baseman. Um, but dude, it, it, the bat was to me as imp- almost as impressive as he was on the mound. And, and you're right. I mean, that guy is going to have a monster season and a monster career barring injury in the city section. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a guy that, you know, will get on college radars this season. I mean, I'm, I'm only so high on, high on him on the mound because, you know, they put out their, their team puts out a lot of Twitter video and I seen him on the mound just dominate. I'm pretty sure he went two shutout innings. This past weekend against, you know, um, against, uh, who did he go up against? Tribuco. He went two shutout against Tribuco this past weekend. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just real high on him. Real high on him on the mound, but at the plate, he, you know, he does it. He does it too. So that that's impressive, man. I like I said, I saw Tribuco. That lineup is pretty darn good. You know, Burns obviously the three hole hitter there, but uh, that's impressive. I did not know that. I wasn't aware of that. And you know, a guy I wasn't aware of is the next guy we want to talk about. And you know, Miracosta always has dudes, as we know. And, and Coach Ramsey does a phenomenal job in developing those guys. And and you know, he had texted me during the week. He says, "Hey, I've got a freshman." that that's looking for a spot in your event. Can you get him in? I said, sure. You know, we got him in. Uh, but then we saw this, this sophomore Maximo Martinez, you know, and I think it was after his third swing, I texted Keith and it was kind of like, dude, who's this guy? Right. I mean, cause uh, he was darn impressive too. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm really high on Hawk, but I think Maximo probably showed the best overall two way skill set on, on that day. I mean, it starts with a really rhythmic, easy stroke at the plate the work the hands work inside the ball really well which you know allow him to use the whole field and then at shortstop the actions are really advanced like athletic quick feet you know soft hands and quick exchanges nice little two-step pattern where he gets rid of the ball quickly to first and you know i can stay at, i can say with confidence he'll probably be able to stay at short down the line and be a really elite defender and then on the mound he was you know up to 87 with a really hard and tight spinning slider and then you know just from his performance i think he's you know, definitely one of the most talented kids in his class. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the 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 slider to me, a lot like Aceves, the slider right now, the advanced feel that he showed for that slider and being able to locate it in, out, up, and down, uh, as he showed during his bullpen session, was really impressive. Uh, you know, another guy, another underclassman on on what should be a really good Miracosta team. Uh, you know, this spring for coach Ramsey and let's, let's switch, uh, let's switch gears here and head, and head over to the next guy and another former future gamer uh, that we had with us last summer, uh, Andrew Johnson out of Capo Valley Christian, Joey, it seems like every time I see Andrew, he's just getting better and better and better and better. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time I had seen him was at that future games. And, you know, I was hearing what college coaches had to say about him and, the, the key word that people were saying was projectability, and it's mm-hmm. kind of easy to see why. I mean, first of all, he's grown to 6'3", 190, which is a really nice starter's build for his age. And, you know, the delivery and the arm action is pretty much as clean and efficient as it gets. It's really fluid. It's relaxed. Um, he uses his lower half well. It gets into that back hip and, you know, really gets down the mound. The arm action is, you know, it's short, but it's loose, and it accelerates well into his release. And in terms of, you know, his pitches, I mean, he has some of the best best pitch design out of, you know, all the pitchers that we had at that event. I mean, the fastball is 83 to 85, but it has that nice 20-plus inch vertical break that shows, you know, it'll play well up in the zone. 
and he has that you know slow slurvy breaking ball that showed some you know decent spin rate as well. So I, the upside's through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. And you know we've seen him a bunch, obviously during the fall as well during scout ball. And I mean, it's a guy that. It's his command, right? So when when you talk about what college coaches saying that about projectability, I remember sitting in the stands just to get a view from behind the catcher when he was on the mound, and you know there was a coach out there that that you know threw out the name of of Garrett Cole. Now I'm not saying Andrew Johnson is Garrett Cole, and neither is he. He's just saying that it kind of reminds him in the delivery of Garrett Cole, right? So let's just clarify that right now. We're not. We're not putting a Garrett Cole comp on a high school sophomore. We're not ridiculous. We're just talking about, you know, the 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 way that he moves down the mound and the quickness in the arm is really reflective of that. And it's a guy, man, that I mean, the sky's the limit, right? I mean, he's already has some interest from college coaches. He's, you know, he's talked about coming back to future games uh, this summer. And, and, you know, I told him, hey, if you come back, I mean, you're getting the ball and, and you're going three or four, right? And, and he that fired him up. And, uh, you know, he, he he's just a really, really a nice kid, A, uh, and B, just a, like an easy kid to talk to, right? He's, he's kind of really mature for a 15-year-old sophomore, uh, which is really always impressive. And, and another guy who I had a chat with that, that you have on your list here to talk about and, you know, had a chat with him and seems, again, really mature um, and is a physical catcher who's catch and throw, I think, is going to take him a very long way in this game, and that's Grayson Wren out of San Marcos. Yeah, I mean – my my first look at Grayson was at our you know PBR eighth grade summer tournament where you know out of those I think it was seven eight teams there he was probably the best catcher there I mean he's gotten a bit bigger and a bit stockier but like you said advanced catching skill set with the catch and throw even the blocking as well you know during the bullpens you know some of our pitchers were spiking curveballs and he showed that he can block really well you know, he sat around a two one pop time during our event which was you know pretty good for it you know for twenty five. And I really like the swing at the plate. I mean, like I said earlier, a lot of these guys can you know, try to get big and long with their swings, but he showed a short and simple swing where he let the ball get deep and let his hands work, and he drove balls to all fields. And uh, he'll be on bar this year on San Marcos, but you know he probably won't get much catching time because they have both you know Zach Farrell and Kalen Applefield over there. But I also heard that he might get some playing time at second base. So definitely a player to keep up on your radar for these next four years. Yeah, you know, we I saw him at that same tournament you mentioned there, and he, he did play a little second base there. I think it was just for about two or three innings, and he can handle himself there. But, you know, the bat was pretty good during BP as well. So, I mean, you know, for a freshman, the the upside is there. Uh, you know, big, strong arm, and, and, you know, San Marcos, like you said, is loaded. And, and you saw them during MLK, which we'll talk about later. But, um, you know, he, he's got a chance to play. And what I really liked in my conversation with him was, you know, I, I kind of asked him, I was like, you know, well, you know, where do you line up, you know, as far as catchers go? And, you know, he looked me right in the eye and, and said, you know, I, I probably won't play a lot, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to work. Uh, and I, I was like, dude, I, I want you on my team. <laughs> like, you know, like, that fired me up, man, because, you know, you don't hear that from a freshman uh, very often. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, this this past MLK weekend, I got to kind of zone in on their team, and they're they they're coached really well, and they get the players you know really fired up and ready to go. Even for you know an MLK game, that's doesn't really matter. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't you know it doesn't have season implications or anything. But you know, he's one of those guys where you know he's a team guy. Doesn't matter if he's going to play this year, doesn't play this year, he'll be supportive of all his teammates. 
Yeah, he's going to be a fun one to watch. Well, Joey, thanks a bunch for hopping on the podcast, man. Uh, you know, it was great to chop it up and break down the upper class and the underclass preseason All-State. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Thanks, Les. I want to thank Joey Cohen for joining me today on the podcast. Be sure to check out PrepBaseballReport.com for all your news, rankings, and event information. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.